Thank you, guys. Well, welcome to Woodland tonight. And you who are surprised to see me up here instead of Pastor. Pastor and Becky are out of town, and uh, so he asked me if I would step in, and I'm always willing to. And uh, actually, it was kind of planned, so I knew it was coming, so just to let you know. Um, let me just uh, tell you that uh, I know some of you, or a lot of you have been praying for my wife um, with her bad back. Uh, she's, looking, she's looking at surgery soon, probably within the next week or two. Um, this will be her fourth back operation, and um, it, it's not good, but uh, the doctor has reassured us that, uh, you know, she'll be better after this, and then we just found out that she's probably going to have another operation with something else after that. So uh, she's not in the best of shape right now, but um, she's letting me baby her as much as I can. You know how hard it is sometimes to tie her down because she thinks that if she's up and moving, this will get better, and it's not. But uh, just continue to pray for her, okay? She, she really misses being out, and she misses uh, just being with people. So um, we have a lot of things to pray for tonight, so let's go to prayer before I start. All right, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that we can come to you with our needs, with our desires, Lord, and that you hear and that you answer prayer. Tonight we're going to be speaking on prayer. And Lord, we just thank you that, that you do hear and that you do answer prayer. So Lord, tonight we pray for those. We have many that are sick. We have many, Heavenly Father, that are battling different diseases. God, I ask that you would meet them tonight where they're at, that you would touch and that you would heal. And Lord, those that even that their spirits are low, God, we pray that, that you would speak to them and raise them up, Heavenly Father. Let them know that their church family is praying for them. Lord, we ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, um, the Lord must have knew when I was, uh, and I was, I've been studying on this and thinking about pray, prayer and working on this. He must have knew that uh, I was going to run into some difficulties down the road before I got to preach it. Um, but uh, prayer is something that, I think the church today, and just not this church, I'm talking about the church whole, is really lacking on. I, I think that, uh, that we, have, we have set it aside more or less, and we use it as, uh, uh, you know, if I got time, and that's not the way it should be, you know. When I grew up, I came from a church that prayed, you know, and uh, Wednesday night used to be called what? Prayer meeting, okay? And I, I know that I, I know that things have changed. I know times have changed, but I'll tell you what, God hasn't changed, okay? And he still expects us to pray. He still expects us to be on our knees and praying and asking him for things. And tonight, I want to take a look, and I named the seven people who ought to be praying, okay? Um, I'm going to talk about seven different situations, but uh, first of all, uh, Let's start out with Samuel, 1 Samuel 12, 23. And if you know anything about this, Samuel was, was this is near the end of Samuel's ministry. And the Israelites are saying, hey, pray to your God for us, okay? Pray to your God and ask him not to punish us. And, it, and he says here, as for me, far be it from me, that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. What Samuel was saying is, I'm your leader. You know, I am going to be praying for you, and I will teach you 
the way that is good and right. Samuel said here that I'm just not praying for you, but I want to teach you also how to pray. I want to teach you what is right and what is good. And, and then in uh, Jeremiah 33, 3, call, call to me and I will answer you and tell you what great and unsearchable things that you do not know. He says, call unto me. You know, in other words, pray unto me, and I will show you and tell you what, what great things that I have in store for you. So, you know, the Bible is filled with promises for us. The Bible is filled with promises for us. But let's go back in some of the Old Testament here. Um, you know, Moses cried out to God, and God spared Israel's life, you know, the judgment upon them. Joshua prayed, and Joshua's prayer made the sun stand still. Hannah prayed, and she was answered with a baby boy. Solomon prayed and got wisdom because of his prayer. Elijah prayed, and fire came down from heaven and destroyed the altar. I think you guys know that one. Okay? Jonah prayed, and because of his prayer, he was brought out of the, ba- uh, out of the uh, belly of a whale. So God, in the Old Testament, shows God answering prayer. And in the New Testament, the ten leopards prayed and were immediately healed. Immediately healed. Peter prayed, and a woman was raised from the dead. The thief on the cross prayed, and he was immediately saved. Immediately saved. The early church prayed, and the place where they were gathered shook because of their prayers. Peter got out of jail because the early church prayed. The doors of the Philippine jail fell off because Paul and Silas prayed. God answers prayer. God still answers. You know, and here we have the Old Testament, we have the New Testament, and you know, so the question is, why don't we pray? God is still answering prayer today. God is still answering prayer today. Let's, you know, uh, George Mueller, all of you heard of him, Hudson Taylor, Charles Finley, they believed in the Bible and what the Bible had to say. And because of their prayer, they were, they were answered with the power of God, with the power of God. Abraham Lincoln, uh, I think most of you are familiar with him, who said, many times I have been forced to my knees, realizing there was simply no other place to go. There was our president. George Washington meant the crisis at Valley Forge on his knees in prayer. Benjamin Franklin prayed to the dele- or told the delegation, um, and he reminded them that daily prayer, have daily prayer for guidance and leadership. Pray for it. The Bible is filled. The Bible is filled with modern day and mo- modern day, what we call today, modern day prayers. Does God answer every prayer? Yes, He does. Yes, He does. And I know some of you are sitting here and say, "Well, I don't know if God answered my prayer." Yes, he answers every prayer. It may not be what we want, but God answers prayer. And sometimes we may not even see it till way down the road. We may not see it until we get to heaven, but God answers prayer. Don't, you know, don't ever forget that. You know, I, I've had people come in to my office and sit there you know, and crying. You know, I have prayed and I have prayed and I have prayed, and God just don't answer my prayer. And I'll say, uh, how'd you get saved? I prayed. Did God answer your prayer? Yeah. You know, yes. God answers prayer. 
you know, there are people in, sitting in this room today that are here because God answered prayer. You know, somebody prayed for you. Somebody prayed for you before you were saved, and God answered that prayer, okay? So don't let, don't let people tell you that, uh, that God doesn't answer prayer because he does, okay? We read in John uh, 14, 13 and 14, and whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, if you ask it in my name, I will do it. John 13 and 14. If we ask it in his name, whatever you ask in my name, I will do. Now, you know, I'm not stupid enough to sit here and say, no matter what you ask, God's going to do it. You know, if you ask for something, you got to watch, I can't word, use the word stupid, I'm not supposed to. But if you ask for something outrageous, you know, you know, I've been asking for healing for a grandson for 16 years. I don't see it, but God is healing. I still believe it. It's going to happen. You know, I may not see it until I get to heaven. I don't mean, maybe that's when he's going to be healed. I don't know. But God answers prayer. 1 John 15, 7 says, If you abide in me and my word abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. Now there's conditions there. God says, if you abide in me, in other words, if you're still in me, you know what abiding means? Abiding means being there, living there. That's what abiding is. If I abide in him and my word abides in you, ask what you shall, and it will be done for you. You know what he is saying here is, I got confidence in you. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, I got confidence in you that you're not going to ask for something dumb and stupid. You know, hey, Lord, I need a million dollars. Don't we all? Huh? I don't know about you, but I could use an extra million right now. You know, you know that would give me one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, he expects us to use our common sense. God has given us all common sense. And he expects us to use that. And uh, we read in 1 John 3.22, and whatsoever we ask, we will receive of him because we keep his commandments. Because are, we, are we following what God has to say? Are we following the word? You know, it, it's amazing to me. i got to watch how I say this. It's amazing to me when things get tough and things get hard, how spiritual we get. You know what I mean? Isn't it amazing that our prayer life gets a lot better when things are tough? You know? Sometimes we have to remind God who we are. Hey, God, you may not have heard me from lately, but, you know, this is happening in my life. So, but these are things, people, these are promises of God. And one thing I have learned over the last 49 years that I've been following them, is God keeps his promises. It may not be what I was hoping it would be, but it's what God wants it to be. I'll never forget there was something that Norm and I were praying about in our early days of when our marriage was put back together. In our early days, and we were praying, and we are praying, and we are praying. And it took me 10 years, 10, 10 years, 
to realize that God answered it way before that. It wasn't what I was looking for, but the answer was there, and I couldn't see it. What are we looking for? Are we telling God how to answer our prayer? God, I want you to answer prayer and do this and do this and do this. You know, God's big enough. He don't need our help. He don't need our direction. Now, I still do that. Don't you? God, you need, you need to answer this this way. Well, maybe that's not the way God wants to answer it. Maybe he's trying to teach somebody something, you know? Lord, stop teach, trying to teach my kids so much and answer prayer. You know what I'm saying? But God answers prayer. So tonight, I want to take a look at, and we got a lot of time. It's not going to take us long, so this is going to go fairly fast. But I want to take a look at um, seven, seven, I say seven people that need to pray. The first one, the first person, people who want to be saved need to pray. People who want to be saved need to pray. Now, I could ask for a show of hands, and probably every one of you would raise your hand saying, yes, I'm saved. God had answered that prayer. You know, Jesus died upon the cross for all of us to be saved. And God answers that prayer. Isn't that what it says? Let's look at a couple of scriptures, okay? Luke 19, 10. The Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost. All of us were lost in our sin. But it says, you know, he came to seek and to save those who were lost. Romans 10, 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. Everyone. Everyone. That means the guy down in Skid Road. That means the President of the United States. Everyone. It includes everyone. People, if God never does another thing for any of us, he's done enough. Let me say that again. If God never does, answers another prayer for you, he's done enough. He saved us. He saved us. That should be enough. We should be shouting about that. But you know what I'm saying. We, God doesn't owe us anything. We owe him everything. He doesn't owe us. You know, yes, he has promised us, but he doesn't owe us those promises. He's given us those because we're his children, because we're his followers. You know? Look back over your years. Some of you have been saved a long while. I look back over, has it been 49 years? I guess it has. I look back over the last 49 years, you know? And you know, I see where God answered prayer here, and he answered prayer there, 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 you know. I see things that he did that I never prayed about. You know what I'm saying? Somebody else did, you know. The night I got saved, I wasn't planning on coming to church and getting saved. I was backslidden, and I, I got to watch how I say this. I was backslidden, and I really didn't want anything to do with God right then. He disappointed me. No, I disappointed him. But in my mind, he disappointed me. He let me down. No, I let him down. But people were praying. People were praying. And God answered prayer. You know, we, that's, that's why the church body is so important to each other. Man, I'm way off here. But that's why the church body is so important, because we can pray for one another. Again, God doesn't owe us anything. 
We owe him everything. So when we pray, God, why aren't you answering prayer? God is answering prayer. God is answering prayer. You know, he may not be doing it on our timetable. You know, I want it yesterday. You know what I mean? I want my wife to be healed so she can get up and run around and do all the things we want to do. You know? There's a reason. I haven't figured that reason out yet, but there's a reason. You know? It's not for me to figure out. It's for me to obey. Don't ever try to figure out God. He's too big. Don't ever try to figure him out. You know? He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. The second one. People in trouble need to pray. People in trouble need to pray. Have any of you ever been in trouble? You have trouble in your home, trouble in your marriage, trouble with your kids, trouble at work, trouble paying the bills? Trouble, trouble. We live in a world, let's face it, there's going to be trouble. The Bible tells us that. There's going to be tribulations and trouble. You know? But he said he has come to overcome those. You know? So people in trouble need to pray. Let's look at the scripture here. In Psalms 34, 6, it says, The poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The poor man cried. It, it, poor man don't mean he, he was broke, and, you know. Poor man means he was poor probably in spirit, you know. He was poor because what was going on, you know. Somebody could look at my family right now and say, oh, what a poor man. His family's falling apart. Physically, <laughs> You know, I mean, I got daughters that all need back problems, that all have back problems, a wife. I got a grandson that's got an incurable disease, unless God does it. But you know what? God answers prayer, and I continue to pray, and I continue to go behind and for him. You know, it doesn't hurt to shed a tear. Okay? So anyway, it says, the poor man cried, and God heard him. God hears our prayer. God hears our prayer and saved him out of his trouble. Look at Matthew 14, 31, 32. And this is Peter. Remember, I love Peter. One of my favorite, one of my favorite um, characters in the Bible is Peter because Peter's always in trouble. You know? Lord, hey, let me walk in the water with you. And his eyes were on Jesus. Haven't you ever been there? Lord, let me do this with you. You know, man, there is nothing that can defeat me and you, Lord, together. And Peter jumped out and he walked on the water. And what happened? And he heard the wind. Have you ever heard the wind in trouble? And he's seen the waves. Have you ever seen waves coming? And he thought, that's going to kill me. Man, that's going to smash me. And he started to sink. Why? Because his eyes came off the Lord. See, circumstances, circumstances get our eyes off of Jesus sometime. And we get our eyes on circumstances. And Jesus heard his cry. What did he say? Lord, save me. Have you ever been there? Lord, save me out of this mess. You know, I got myself into it, but I want you to get me out of it. I remember telling the Lord that one night in my early days. I said, Lord, I am in a mess. And you know it. I can almost hear him saying, oh, my goodness, are you? You know? And, Lord, I don't expect you to get me out of it, 
but I sure could use your help. You know what I mean? And God hears and he answers prayer. And what happened? God immediately lifted his hand out and pulled him out. God will pull us out when we're going down if we call upon him. But get our eyes back on Jesus. That's what it boils down to. Peter got his eyes on circumstances, and it's easy to do. I can get my eyes right now on circumstances. I'll be honest with you. In my home right now, I can. It's not, it's not hard. I can walk in and get my eyes on circumstances. But our eyes got to be fixed on Jesus. And I don't care if it's a work problem, if it's a home problem, if it's your problem. Or if it's a problem you made or somebody else made, we get our eyes off him and we start to sink because we hear the wind starting to blow and we see the waves starting to crash. And we think, oh man, I don't want to go under. How can I get out of this? Most of us, how can I say that? Okay. Most of us try ourselves, don't we, before we say, Jesus, help me. Because I can get out of this. I remember saying that. I'm in a mess, but I can get out of this. You know what? The more I tried and the harder I tried, the worse it got. Until I got my eyes back on Jesus where they belonged. You know, and I I remember telling him, hey, you don't have to do a thing. I got myself into it, but boy, I could use your help. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid. Peter wasn't. Peter wasn't afraid to ask. And it says, immediately Jesus reached out and called him. Immediately. Just before, you know, and I got a picture in my mind that Peter was probably going down for the third time. Because Peter, Peter was a strong man. And for him to cry out, Lord, save me, it had to be pretty bad. And Peter probably thought, I can't swim out of this one. I better call out to him. And immediately he reached down and pulled him out person in trouble. Let's go to number three. People who want to be clean or want cleaning need to pray. We could say cleansing. I said cleaning because I think it's a continuous thing being cleaned. Psalms 139 verse 23. David prayed, search me. Search me. There's a tough one. Don't pray it unless you mean it. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Search me and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Let's just stop with that verse for a minute. Search me. What's that mean? That means, Lord, take a look inside. Take a look inside. Take a look in my heart. Just not in the rooms, Lord, but in the closets. In those places that nobody else knows. You know what I mean? You know, when people are coming over and we're cleaning up the house and there's something we want to put away, where do we put it? We put it in the closet where nobody can see it. Isn't that what we do sometimes with the Lord? We kind of hide something in the closet. But he said, David said, search me. Search me, O Lord. And I said again, don't pray it unless you mean it. Don't pray it unless you mean it. Because I remember praying at one time, and God showed me something, and I said, no, Lord, that's not in me. 
must be mistaken. Well, he wasn't mistaken, you know. And it's a lot easier, instead of fighting him, giving it to him and continue giving it. I don't know about you, but I have to continue giving, continue giving till it's gone, you know. Search me. And then, and see if there be any wicked or offensive ways in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, Lord. He's saying, clean me out. Clean me out. If there's anything wicked or offensive, get it out of there. Do you need a cleansing? That's, that's one of the prayers. And I love this. And lead me in the way everlasting. In other words, Lord, I want to follow you with everything I got. Everlasting. Everlasting means ever. It means I don't want that anymore. I don't want that garbage. I don't know if you remember, but a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, I prayed, I preached, and I talked about the garbage that we carry around in our back sometimes, that we have to get rid of it. Okay? This is some of the garbage that I'm talking about, what Peter was, what David was saying here. Lord, you know my heart. And don't think he doesn't. God knows our heart better than we do. And he's just waiting for us to say, hey, Lord, here's this. Search me and help me to get rid of this and that and this. There should be nothing, nothing between me and my Jesus. Nothing. Nothing in the closet, nothing in the basement or in the attic. Clean house. Clean house. You know, every spring, the women like to clean their house. I don't know about you, but it happens in my house, and I get to, I get to help, you know. Well, here, that's what we're saying here. Lord, clean house, and you do the work. And, you know, he'll spot something, and he'll say, here it is. And we have to get rid of it. We have to throw it away. And I'll tell you what, it makes us smell a lot better. That's the third one. The fourth one. People who need wisdom ought to pray. James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. You know, I don't know about you, but there's times that I, got, that I say, Lord, I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to do. I need your wisdom. When I don't, usually I get in trouble because I make mistakes. But when I call upon the Lord and say, Lord, I need wisdom and how to handle this. You know, I got three daughters, and all, all of you know that. And all, my, all three daughters think that Dad knows everything. And they will call me, and they'll say, Dad, this is going on. What should we do? And I'll say, Wow. Have you asked God? Oh, Dad. I said, well, have you asked God what to do? But, Dad, I'm asking you. I'm not God. Now, that really hurts them sometimes because they thought maybe I was. But you know what I'm saying, okay? You know, um, I got off. The, okay. Uh, wisdom. If you need wisdom in an area, don't be afraid to ask God for it. Instead of making a mistake and doing something wrong, Ask God how to handle it. Just think how easy it would have been 
How many of you got grown kids? Back when they were younger, if we would have asked God how to handle it instead of trying to do it ourselves and making a bigger mess of it. Don't we? I mean, let's be honest. Okay? Now, even today, I mean, I pray for all three of my girls. Lord, give them wisdom. Lord, give their husbands wisdom. I told one that not too long ago. I said, well, what does your husband say? Well, he said, I said, then I would do that. But, Dad, I would do that. Well, I'm not going to tell him you said that. (laughs) You know, wisdom, wisdom. And I love this. He gives it to everybody. He's not afraid. He's just not going to give you a little bit of wisdom, you know. Now, there are some things that he says, oh, come on, use your common sense. He expects us to use common sense. I don't ask, you know, when I get up in the morning, Lord, give me wisdom on what I should put on today. You know, we don't need to be ridiculous, but there are times that we need the wisdom of the Lord to handle situations in our personal life, in our marriage, with our children, at work. You know, just because I work in a church don't mean I need wisdom. Don't mean I, that I don't need wisdom in handling things. Right, Mark? Man, we pray for wisdom every day. It's part of the job. Because people come in, they ask us questions, and they think we know the answer. And my favorite one is say, let's see what the Word says. You know, the Word is full of wisdom. Just a few months ago now, I was praying about something. I said, Lord, I need wisdom on how to handle this. I mean, about two weeks in a row, I'm praying this, and I'm thinking, I'm not hearing from him. And that morning, as I read the scripture, there it was. He didn't whisper it in my ear. He gave it to me in his word. Wisdom from God. If you want wisdom, get into his word. It's full of wisdom. It's full of it. And I like this without finding fault. He don't say, oh, come on, stupid. You know better than that. Without finding fault. He don't say, well, I gave you wisdom on that once before. Do I have to do it again? No, he don't find fault with us. He gives us the wisdom that we need for that time to handle that thing. There are times, you know, and Mark, you you know this too. There are times when we're praying with people up here and they come forward with with something for us to pray for. I'm sitting there saying, Lord, give me wisdom on how to pray for this. Mark, I know you've, we've, we talk about this. So, you know, we need, sometimes we need wisdom like that. But God gives it to us. God gives it. I'll never forget. Let me just give me an example. I may have told you this before, but I'm praying with a young lady. This happened maybe 10 years ago. I'm praying with a young, never seen her before. And all she said was, uh, I need prayer. And I didn't have the slightest idea what. And I prayed for their marriage and her family. And I went home that afternoon, and she called me at home and said, how'd you know? How'd you know? Wisdom from God. Wisdom from God. I wish that happens all the time, <laughs> but it doesn't. But you know, God will give us when we ask it, if we ask it for the right thing. Lord, I don't need wisdom and how to play the numbers tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? 
I don't need wisdom in, in should I do this or should I do that. Common sense will tell us what to do that. I mean, all of us know the reason, the difference between right and wrong. I don't need, I don't need wisdom, Lord. Should I, should I go here? Well, you said I shouldn't, but can I go there anyway? That's not wisdom. That's stupidity. Okay, let's go on to number five. People who want to know the will of God need to pray. People who want to know the will of God need to pray. Psalms 40, verse 8, I desire to do your will. Psalms 143:10. teach me to do your will and lead me, and lead me on level ground. How does he teach us to do his will? He teaches us through the word. He teaches us through the word. You know, if you want to know what the will of the Lord is for your life, get in the word, and he'll show you. And you may say, no, that's not me. You know, you can take all the tests. You know, we give this gift test, and it's good. Don't get me wrong. But you take the gift test, and you say, oh, well, I don't have those gifts. How do you know you don't have those gifts? You know? You know, I tell people all the time, I know what your gift is. Not all the time. You do? Yeah, I can tell just by watching you and the way you handle things and what you do. God has given you the gift of this. God has given you the gift of that. You know? I'll never forget. You know, when I went on staff, pastor said, uh, you have to take this gift test. And I said, I know what my gifts are. So I rattled a few off. He said, you need to take the gift test. So I took the gift test. And I was surprised. There was, a, there was one on there that I said, pastor, this keeps jumping up. I, I took it three times because I thought it was wrong. He said, yeah, I knew that. I just wanted you to know it. Smart aleck. Okay, so, you know, if you, if you want to know the will of God, follow, follow the word, and as God opens doors, walk through them. Walk through them. Don't be afraid. The last thing, Honest, I'll be honest with you, Cam, you know this. The last thing that I thought I'd be doing is being a pastor. I was happy working at Chrysler, being a boss, being a dad, being a husband, enjoying life. And when pastor asked me to go on staff, I laughed. But God knows what he's doing. And when God opens up a door, and a great friend of mine told me that God's opening up the door, walk through it. If he don't want you there, he'll shut it. It's true. Okay? So the will of God, the will of God. How does he teach you? Through the word. Lead me on level ground. I like that. Because you say, Lord, you know, level when I think of level ground, I think of walking and following the Lord. I don't think of running off to this place and running off to that place and running off to here. Oh, this is going on. I got to go over here and chase this. Oh, this is going on. I got to go over there and chase that. No. Lord, is your will for me to go to this church? Is your will for me to go to that church? Is your No, your will is being planted here and level ground means I'm walking on level ground following the Lord with my eyes on him. It's hard to keep your eyes on something when you're not on level ground. Because you're up and you're down. You're up and you're down. You ever been up and down? Man, I walked that Christian life for a while. I was at the altar every other week. 
Lord, I can't do this. He's right. I couldn't. You know, one of the smartest things I ever said. I couldn't do it. But he can. So keeping your eyes on Jesus, walking on level ground. Number six, people who need healing ought to pray. Isaiah 53, verse 6 says, By his wounds we were healed. Luke 22, 19, in the Last Supper, Jesus is telling this, this is my body given for you. Given for you. For what? Our healing. And don't let people tell you that healing is not for today. If salvation is for today, so is healing. Because there's where it was all done, all at one time. If salvation is for today, then so is healing. So don't let people tell you, well, healing's of the past. We got people in this church that can prove you wrong. Whew, I could almost preach that one. Okay? First Peter 2.24 says, By his wounds we have been healed. It says you will, not you will, you have been. You have been. We may not get healed till we get to heaven. I don't know. You know? I don't know. But I'm claiming it. You know? Now, I'm not dumb enough to say, oh, I'm healed. I'm not going to go to the doctor anymore. If I still got pain, I'm going to go to the doctor and get a pill. But Jesus is going to touch. He's going to heal. You know, in James 5, it says, call for the elders of the church. Call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint you. That's a command. You know, if you're sick, if you're sick, call for the elders of the church. That's our job is to anoint and pray for people. Confess your sins. You know, if you've got sins, it'd be good to get them out of the way before you, before you get prayed. You know, I'll tell you what. I have prayed with many of people that all of a sudden things start coming out. Man, God, forgive me for this. Lord, forgive me for that. That's, that's what it's saying here. And, and it also tells us that we should pray for each other, that we should pray for each other that they should be healed. It's our job as brothers and sisters in Christ to pray for each other. Am I wrong? Do we do it? Do we really do it? I mean really pray. Or do we just say, yeah, I'll pray for you. And somewhere down the road we say, oh yeah, Lord, touch this. I mean pray. I mean really pray. The prayers of the brothers and sisters, that's us, are powerful and effective. Did you know that your prayers are powerful and effective? That's what the Word says. That's what the Word says. That's why we should pray for one another. That's why the church should be praying for one another. You know, we have a brother, Fred Schoff, who was diagnosed last year, and they didn't give him much of a chance at all. I mean, it was zero to, I mean, I sat, I sat in his living room and cried with him. It was bad. But the church got together, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed, and God answered prayer. Is he cancer-free? No. But it's almost gone. In fact, he just told me last week, this, this is a miracle, people. He just told me, he says, hey, I want to usher again. I want to do the food pantry again, and I want to do communion you know, that's where some of the things he served. He already had himself dead and buried. But God answered prayer. And there's a lot of us here. Rocky's been up and down through it. God has answered prayer in a number of times in Rocky's life. Am I right, Rocky? Amen. 
Amen. And there's others sitting in here. You know, don't ever give up. But we as a body, that's what it says here. And the prayers of your brothers and sisters are powerful and effective. I wish we could really grab a hold of that. Barb, your prayer is powerful and effective. Tom, your prayer is powerful and effective. Our prayers together. If God doesn't hear one of you, hear the other. I think I told you, and I, and I'll, I got time. I think I told you that, you know, years and years ago, uh, my brother, my uncle Jim, he's a teenager, dove off the uh, bridge on the Heron River, hit the bottom and broke his neck. Okay? And this is back probably in the 40s. Okay? They took him up to Henry Ford Hospital. The doctor says he won't make it through the night. Now, we had a small church, but about 20 of them went up there and prayed all night. And the next day, the doctor come in, checked him, and said, I don't know how, but it's healed. I don't know how, but it's healed. Now, Jim had a stiff neck. He couldn't do a lot of the thing, but it was healed. And two days later, he walked out of the hospital. The prayers are effective when we pray together. When we pray together. That's why Saturday night prayer is so important. It is. It's an important night. You know, I don't care if there's 10 or if there's 20 or if there's 30. We're praying together, and we're praying for one thing together. Not one thing, about 15 things, but we're praying together. Okay, let me get on. Number seven. According to this, I still got 18 minutes, right, Mark? (laughs) People who want revival need to pray. We talk about this a lot. We talk about revival. And I go back to this scripture. If my people, which are called by my name, who is that? That's us. That's us. My people who are called by my name will what? Will humble themselves and pray. Humble. Humble themselves. In other words, take time. Humble yourself. Don't be afraid to pray. Will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. In other words, if there's things in your life, get rid of them. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. If we want revival, where's it going to start? My people. That's where revival's going to start. Revival, if we want revival in America, it's got to start in the church. It's not going to start down in the saloon. That's what we used to call them. I don't know what. It's not going to start over here. It's not going to start there. It's got to start in the church. That's where revival has to start because that's what it's saying. If my people who are called by my name, Christians, his followers will humble themselves, then you will hear from revival. You will hear it. You will hear it. The revival we went through in 1970, it was a long time ago. There was five ladies in the church. We were in a church in Monroe. There was five ladies that meant upstairs, they used to call themselves the prayer band, that meant upstairs for two years and prayed for revival for that church, for our church. 
And our, that church broke out in revival. That's where Norm and I came back to the Lord. That's where Tom and Judy came back to the Lord. That's where, I mean, I can name you. The whole, the whole young group came back to the Lord because we were all out in left field. Revival started, and it spread throughout that town. In one week, revival started. Why? Because the church prayed. The church prayed. The church was averaging back then, because I had already left, told the pastor, leave me alone, don't call me again. I think the church was down to about 75, 80 people. That Sunday morning, it was packed, standing room only, probably six, 700 people. The 11 o'clock service went on until about 4 in the afternoon. People were going home, getting their kids and their grandkids, bringing them back in and seeing them get saved. That's revival. But it started in the church. That's where it needs to start. I'm just telling you the way it is. Okay? So, really, you know, then, then we will hear from God, and he will heal. He will forgive their sins and heal their land. Our land needs a healing. I have, you know, I've been around for 74 years. And our, our land needs a healing. It needs a healing. I've never seen it so fractured in my life. But it needs to start here. Someone once said, God waits to do the will of the praying men and women. God is waiting to do our will. God is waiting to do our will. Prayer is the key to God's storehouse. It's the key to God's storehouse. And it's the switch to his power station. It's the key to his storehouse and the switch to his power station. Remember that prayer is a Christian's greatest privilege. It's our greatest privilege. It's our greatest tool. Write these down. It's our greatest privilege. It's our greatest tool. It's our greatest weapon. And it's our greatest opportunity. It's our greatest opportunity. So, what I'm going to ask, we got a few minutes if you want to come up and pray. What do we got, about five minutes, Mark? Maybe a little bit longer? Mark's going to play for a few minutes. If you'd like to come up and pray after I close, you're welcome to. If not, just take these notes home with you and study them. And let's see, let's see what God can do to a praying church. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, God, that you have given us the privilege, the privilege of talking to you one-on-one, the privilege of communicating with you one-on-one. Lord, we thank you that you've given us the tool, the tool that unlocks the gate, the keys. Lord, the weapon to fight Satan and sin. And Lord, the opportunity you have given us to tell others about you. So Lord, tonight we just pray. Bless our prayers. Help us, Heavenly Father, in our, in our prayer life to draw closer and closer and closer to you. We ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. Now, if you want to spend a few minutes up here, you can. If not, God bless you and have a great evening.